Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. We're getting a lot of online praise uh, for pointing out what's on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries tonight. Public service of this message of this station and the Ad Council. One of them appears to have been from Deb. <laughs> Good call by you on Lori Laughlin. I forgot about her. For fans of Full House, they never forgot. <laughs> Saw her on a commercial a couple of days ago. She was helping Cindy Crawford hawk her line of skincare products. It's true. Oh no, I'm not laughing. I'm laughing because I mean, they they both can pull it off. Yeah, they're both in their fifties and they look awesome. Two good choices. All right, play by play call of the day. Okay, Houdini, what do you have? Durbin for a field goal of forty five yards. Durbin's long this year is 40. It's a 41-yard attempt. Farhash put down. Kick is up. It's blocked on the turn. Picked up by Haley. Haley in the 50. The 40. 30. 25. 20. Haley 10. 5. Touchdown, Penn State. Marcus Allen blocked it. And Grant Haley takes it to the house. And the Nittany Lions electrify Beaver Stadium and take the lead with 427 to go. Well, you told me last hour, you know, before we know it, football season's going to start. You'll be talking Thursday nights with Coach Franklin. Uh, we'd get our appetites, oh, wet our appetites for some more football. Not that would who, do the heck were, who the heck was that screaming nut? <laughs> wow. That was self-congratulations. All right. <laughs> All right. Couldn't find any summer league action with Lonzo Ball on last night, but uh... I sacrilege. <laughs> How could you not? <laughs> Couldn't find my, any. My goodness, he walks in the locker room. He got eight cameras. <laughs> Although I did flip on Sports Center after the ESPYS last night, and he had a slow first quarter. He played Seventy Sixers last night. And he ended up with yeah triple double. Yeah. So it was pushing halftime, and he kind of kind of threw an air ball up. He can't. He, he rushed a shot that he shouldn't have. He probably could have took a few more extra seconds, maybe a few Walk. more steps forward to do it. But this is exhibition basketball. I know. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> and they're making a big deal out of exhibition basketball. It really is. It's brilliant. And LeBron was there. They're taking absolutely nothing. I mean, nothing. And turning it into something. You know how hard that is? <laughs> what do you think about it? 
And that's where Tim Frazier was calling from yesterday. He was calling from Vegas, too. Yeah, he was, he was at Vegas Summer League, yep. Yipper. But think about this. Nobody ever really heard much about the Summer League, right? Now, I followed it a little bit when there was a Penn State guy in it. You know, Tim was in it. New Bill was in it. All right. Okay. But these guys with the $1.4 billion contract have taken essentially zero. <laughs> and they've got people watching it. It's brilliant. LeBron was there. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Again, there are certain key individuals that are the critical names. If you could mention LeBron or Tiger Woods or Tim Tebow or Brett Favre, maybe Tom Brady. And get them into the Sports Center. If you mention at least one of those names in your Sports Center, your Sports Center is a success. You think I'm kidding? Oh no, I'm not. I don't think you're kidding at all. No. Although I thought it was kind of, I got a little bit of a chuckle last night before I flipped the TV off and turned off the lights. I actually had the TV on mute because I didn't want to. I didn't want to wake Princess up, and they had a graphic. I was watching Sports Center on the bottom. They must have had the Sixers Lakers game on another ESPN channel last night because I heard Seth yeah. Greenberg was doing color. Probably on two, yeah, yeah. And I was watching Sports Center, and Butchie Butchie was there with Tim Legler, and they were yeah. they were having they were showing close up shots of LeBron in the seats. And I see this graphic on the screen, wanted to get his rea- instant reaction first time seeing Alonzo Ball play, and I was like, oh, he sure is a good passer. He, he, they've taken nothing and they've turned it into something I'm sorry I've got to respect that (laughs) I have to respect that I really do (laughs) they take zero something that doesn't count sort of doesn't even matter and it turned into something. <laughs> they've got people announcing the games. They've got post analysis. They've got everything. And the games don't count. The games don't count. <laughs> toward anything. They don't even help you make the team. (laughs) That's why you have training camp. And I've got to give them all the credit in the world for taking meaningless exhibition games and making them into mini events. Lonzo Ball's going to play tonight. 
Tatum's going to play tonight. LeBron's at the game. Now, it doesn't hurt that it's in Las Vegas. That doesn't hurt at all. But that's the brilliance of this. And it's at just the right time. Lonzo Ball is certainly a, uh, to his credit, is a figure that people have pro and con interest in. I think anybody who watches him really likes him. And there obviously, his father is a polarizing figure. You know, you may like him, you may not. Okay. Uh, and they have done a great job of showcasing this. You know, they had Fultz there for a little while, and then Fultz, you know, he got hurt, so he's out. You still got Tatum in there. But anytime Lonzo Ball plays, they're analyzing it. But these games that they're playing do not count. They don't even help you make the team. (laughs) But they're televised with full crews, with post-game analysis, and some people are watching it. It really, it's brilliant. (laughs) It's really brilliant. And not only that, when Ball played, when, when the Celtics played the Lakers, and you had Tatum and Ball out there, they sold out the Thomas and Mack Center. That's not a small arena. It's 17,000. They sold it out. <laughs> if you're the NBA, you're looking around saying, we're selling out for games that don't even count. And by the way, Sean did not refer to his wife as princess. Did not want to wake Princess up. <laughs> Can't do that. No. By the way, just got a quick phone call from Snyder County Communications. There is a traffic trouble spot on Routes 11 and 15 in Shamokin Dam. It's at the intersection of Baldwin Boulevard and Routes 11 and 15 southbound. Okay. So that's uh, in front of the Orchard Hills Shopping Center. So that's affecting traffic southbound on 11 and 15. So kind of gummed up there. So okay. tread lightly if you're heading south, especially if you're heading toward Shemokin right. Dam down that way. Okay. Hang with right, us. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hang with us. We'll be there with you. So, uh, you you got to give the summer league. The summer league thing is one of the great scams of all time. I, mean, <laughs> I give them all the credit in the world. It used to be that way with that preseason football. But the thing that irritates me about preseason football, you know, the difference between summer league, NBA basketball, and preseason football is this. In the summer league, you can buy a ticket, go over to Las Vegas, and watch a few games. But that's your choice to buy it. It doesn't obligate you to buy Lakers season tickets. To see preseason football in the NFL, you have to be a season ticket holder. You know, a lot of these places are sold out, so you have to have season tickets. It's on the season ticket plan. Are you kidding me? I have to pay the same amount to watch the third, fourth, and fifth string guys, many of which won't make the team, play two games? Really? Just like I'm going to watch the Steelers and the uh, Ravens in November? 
Really? All right, we'll take a break. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WK, okay? If you think it's hot outside, wait until you see the sizzling deals inside at Shimox Furniture. It's the annual summer sizzler sale at Shimox Furniture and Cobalt. The saving sizzle. That's right. Shimox annual summer sizzler sale is here. Get store-wide red-hot reductions up to 50% off. Save up to $100 on recliners. And Shimox has over $150 in stock with prices starting at just $199. Living rooms are drastically reduced. American made sofas starting at $5.99. The saving sizzle. Get a free box rig with purchase of any Serta iComfort or iComfort hybrid mattress. Queen sets start at $1,099. Plus, all lamps, mirrors, and artwork are 20% off. Remember, you always get free delivery, setup, and removal of your old bedding or furniture. And don't forget, there's one year no interest financing available. The saving sizzle. The annual summer sizzler sale at Shimox Furniture, Route 61 in Colmont, at Shimox.com, and on Facebook. Selling happiness since 19. 19- 15. Uh, the Chicago Cubs felt they had to do something. And they made a deal with the Crosstown Chicago White Sox today, picking up uh, left-hander uh, Jose Quintana. Good pitcher. Uh, their pitching staff is struggling. And they picked up Quintana in this move. They sent four prospects. And that's what you're seeing with the White Sox. They're garnering prospects. They did so in the Chris Sale trade, including Johan uh, Moncada. Now they get Eloy Jimenez. And Baseball America has him as the fifth best prospect in the game. Well... He goes from the Cubs to the White Sox, along with three other prospects for the lefty Jose Quintana. Three, uh, now it should be pointed out that Quintana, who's been okay this year, I mean, he's had, he's done better. Um, remember last year, the Cubs starting rotation at a 2.96 ERA. This year, they're, uh, ERA is 4.66, which is eighth in the National League. And they've had just two quality starts in their last eight starts. I mean, Lester got lit up by the by the Pirates. Katana's only 28. He was in the All-Star game last year. Uh, he's eaten up a lot of innings in his career. And he's not that old. And he also, I believe, has three more very friendly years on his contract. I mean, Arietta's not done well. He's got a 4.35 ERA. But Jimenez, righty Dylan Cease, they go in this trade. Also, first baseman Matt Rose and infielder Bryant Fleet. So that's who they gave up. So that's that's you know so the Cubs have made a trade, and for the White Sox they're garnering prospects. So the and the the prospects they now have, this is the White Sox. 
of the top 100 midseason prospects in baseball, the White Sox now have seven of them. Yoan Moncada was number one when the season began. He's number one midseason. Aloy Jimenez, they just acquired, was 11 in the spring. He's now number five. Michael Kopech, 24 in the spring, now number 20. Luis Robert, okay, not ranked in the spring, now 45. Ronaldo Lopez, 23rd in the spring, now at 59. He's a pitcher. Uh, Lucas uh, Gelato, 40 in the spring, 75 now. Dylan Cease, they just acquired 90 in the spring, 83 now. Okay, Moncada's a second baseman. Jimenez is an outfielder. Kopech is a right-handed pitcher. Robert is an outfielder. Lopez, a right-handed pitcher. Giolito is a right-handed pitcher. And Cease, a right-handed pitcher. And they got Moncada and Kopech from the Red Sox for Chris Sale. And they just got Jimenez and Cease in the deal for Quintana. So that's what the White Sox are doing. The Cubs are just trying to somehow win a mediocre division in which they're struggling. They're under 500 right now. But they acquired Quintana, hoping that he is a jump start for them. This would be a fun time to get in the heads of Chicago fans in general, thinking, oh, of the team to deal with, oh, we're you you, you gotta you, you gotta dance with the crosstown rivals. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a point point blank question you would ask Cub fans: Who would you rather deal? You know, who would you rather have your team deal with? Your crosstown rivals or the Cardinals? <laughs> well, you know what? I think they'd rather they'd rather deal with the crosstown rival than the Cardinals. And the reason is this: Okay, the Cardinals are in the division. And the, and the White Sox aren't. They're in the other league. Bottom line is, I don't care which team you deal with, as long as my team gets a better end of the deal and if it helps my team win more games, that's the... Well, yeah. well I think one of the keys to trades I don't think people talk enough about, you have to be the kind of trader that when you deal, the kind of dealer, that you get what you want, but you don't rip off the other guy. Because if you develop a reputation for being disingenuous or the ability to, quote, rip off the other guy, guess what happens years down the road? People don't want to make trades with you. So they've got to feel that when they trade with you, that they've got an honest, willing partner that sits there and, you know, even though they're trying to get the best deal for their group, they're not going to send you down a bad road. It may not work out because prospects all develop at different rates. But the other team must walk away feeling, like, oh, you know what? Okay, we gave up something, but we got something. And the same thing for the Cubs. Now we got something, we had to give up something. <sighs> how bad is how bad are the fans in the SEC in terms of their love for their team? An Auburn fan shows up in Hoover, Alabama. For SEC Media Day, with his dog painted in Auburn colors. I saw a picture of that. I thought it was like a fake photo. I thought it was photoshopped. I thought the dog was photoshopped into the shot. Yeah, well. Guess not. No. No. <laughs> no. I looked at that and thought, okay, we've got some issues. Yeah. We've got some issues. Wow. 
They painted the dog. Really? We painted the dog? They painted the dog auburn colors. I mean, I just... <clears throat> I know there are a lot of people who love Penn State, but I've never seen a blue and white dog. Have you? <clears throat> I have not. Hopefully we'll never. I'm with you. <clears throat> wow. They painted the dog. Okay, final half hour coming up. A lot of fun coming up tomorrow. We'll be talking some golf. Also, uh, some Steelers and Pirates with Paul Alexander. And Kevo's on the show tomorrow. Heading into a big weekend. Don't forget, Live for Life is Saturday, 11 to 1. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Time now for the Sports Bozo of the Day. And it's the fact that there's nothing going on today (laughs) at all. Nothing. Uh... It's amazing. Now let's get to the... By the way, Tony Romo has been advised not to quite be that harsh during his preparations for his broadcasting career. Really? I mean, it seemed like Romo was going to be pretty blunt about things. And guess what? He's been told, don't be so blunt. Holy cow. Of course, he gets that spot. Now, we mentioned the Vin Scully speech last night from the ESPYs. And courtesy of the ESPYs and ESPN, this is how it played out last night. This is short, sweet, to the point, but it's so eloquent. It really was amazing last night. I didn't get a chance to see it live. Sean, you were watching at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Let's see here. We can get this going. Like his signature greeting beginning every broadcast, a very pleasant good evening wherever you may be. It is my lifetime honor to present the Icon Award to the incomparable Vin Scully. Hi, 
Hi, everybody, and a very pleasant good evening to you. <laughs> you know, I said that for about 65 years, but I last said it in October when I retired. And I hope you don't mind, but I wanted to hear it one more time. I really would like to take Brian home with me. He is such a wonderful human being. Flew from New York just to get here for this award and now is flying back to New York. I don't have a relative in the world who would make that kind of a trip. <laughs> October the 2nd, 1936. A redhead, eight and a half years old, walking by a window, saw the score of Game 2 of the 1936 World Series. It involved the Giants and the Yankees. That little kid fell in love that day with baseball. The last game that he did before retiring was October the 2nd, 2016, exactly 80 years from whence the love affair began. And in 65 years, he was honored and thrilled and humbled to be able to fulfill a boyhood dream of broadcasting Major League Baseball. You know, God gave us memories so we can have roses in December. And in the December of my years, I have collected so many roses and cherished each and every one of them. And you give me a rose tonight to join my collection for all those years. I am humbled, I am honored, and I know another thing. My work was never, ever a burden. I consider it always a blessing. God bless. Thank you so very much. Now that's a speech. Now that's a speech. You want to know what a good speech is? That's a speech. That was last night. I may not have watched the ESPYs, but I did catch that one online this morning and, and watched it. I thought, well, that is just, that is just poignant. That's just, that's him. Amazing. But so many fans of his just would have loved to have heard him talk even longer. <laughs> we could have stayed fixed on his oh. voice for another couple of hours. He is uh, the preeminent baseball broadcaster in the history of the game. And he is the preeminent on-air storyteller in the history of the game. And one of the problems that they face in minor league baseball right now is that when they get tapes, they feel that everyone is trying to impersonate his style and instead of just being themselves. And I think the first thing that I've never met Vince Scully, I've, not, I've never had that privilege... But I'm guessing just on base on everything I've read about him, and I've read his biography, and I've you know, and obviously I've followed his career, and and is that he would just tell you to be yourself. Now, obviously, it's a great compliment, 
that people would hear him and say, you know what, boys, a lot of things like him I'd like to do. That's that that's successful. But if it doesn't fit who you are or parts of it don't, then don't do it. You have to be yourself in this business all the time. You have to be yourself. Uh, you hear Sean every single day on this show or another show that he does on another station. And guess what? That's the Sean Carey I know every single day. It's like that all the time. All right? You listen to Drew Kelly, Mark Lawrence. They're the same people off the air as they are on the air. They're the same. Um, suits out there pitching digital media on the air and off the air. It's, 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 we finally just told them to just do it off the air. So, <laughs> just kidding. Um. But that's, I mean, you got to be yourself. You can't, and you can't sit there. There's certain things you can, you can borrow a little bit from one guy, and so forth. I mean, there's certain out, there's certain elements, and they're subtle. But I've always told people it's okay to take from someone else as long as it it becomes a part of you. I've told my class that, and there's certain elements, subtle. On certain things that I do, that in working with Gil Santos for four years, and Gil did the Patriots for 40 years, but Gil also did four years of Penn State football with John Grant, and I was the third person. So I was in the booth for four years with him, and he listened to my tapes of doing high school football, giving me critiques. He, was, he would keep telling me what he really, really liked and would tell me to tweak, as he would put it, certain things here and there. He never told me I was doing anything wrong. He said, why don't you try it? Like, just change this a little bit here. He said, try that. And then he'd say, I really like this, I really like this, I really like this. Well, what he did was is that he instilled confidence in me but there are certain things that along the way I picked up in listening to him where I thought, you know what? That fits me, and I think that's the right way to do it. It's okay to do that. But when it doesn't end up being who you actually are or incorporate, because you know, what you're doing trying to pick up from somebody else, it's just part of the learning process. It's part of the learning process. But that's one of the problems they're having in minor league baseball. They've, they've got a lot of people trying to be him. When the most important thing is to maybe borrow a little bit here from here and a little bit from there and be a lot of you. That's the most that's the most important part. You have to be on the air. You have to be you. Now it turns out if they like you or you've got a body of work that's really exciting in front of you that people get engaged with it and you get associated with it, okay. You know. I've got a friend of mine in 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 this business who had worked here in State College and he took a TV job. He came back into State College, he was talking to a group of us one day. And he's a real character. He's a real character. And he said, he told us something he did on the air. He says, and and I got hate mail. 
I, I got hate mail. God, it was great. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Wasn't the reaction I expected. <laughs> but but this is a guy you'd have to know him to understand that, yes, if I could pick anybody that would relish it, it would be him. <laughs> I never, I've never gotten hate mail, but my first radio job was on a classic rock station. Wasn't here. This was two buildings prior to when I got here in 95. For about, I want to say, a three- or four-month run, I would get letters from a prison inmate at Rockview. And we would do, we would, at that time I was on 7 to Midnight, and we would do this little feature called the Classic 10 at 10. I'd play 10 classic tracks and 10 classic rock songs in a row. And he goes, I'm going to be listening between this time and this time on this certain night. And he, (laughs) and he wanted to hear a specific Led Zeppelin song. It was a deeper, it was a deeper cut you normally wouldn't. You normally right. wouldn't hear. It wasn't Stairway yeah. to Heaven. It was a deeper cut on a different album. It, 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 yeah, it's in the. It's also on the flip side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he signed his letters, Jake the Snake. <laughs> oh, well, okay. <laughs> oh, I remember. So I had one listener out there at least. So. <laughs> I remember it was. What was Lou Holt's first season at Notre Dame? Was it '86? And Notre Dame opens the season unranked. And this one they have the top 20, not the top 25. Notre Dame opens the season unranked against Michigan. Okay. May have been 85. They open the season unranked against Michigan. No, it was 86. So they open up the season, and the games at Notre Dame... Lou Holtz's first game, and and Notre Dame, to its credit, plays great. They play great, but Michigan beats them by a field goal and wins the game. Michigan was ranked number one. So the next week, the rankings come out, and Notre Dame becomes the first team in the history of college football to be unranked, lose, and move into the top twenty. So Penn State's second game of the season is at Boston College. And my job, you know, my job was multifaceted in 1986. My job was to do the pregame show with Joe, the postgame show with Joe, halftime, scores of other games, and if I had any additional information, I could put it out there during the course of a game. So that was my role. So at some point, you know, it was a night game at BC. At some point, I'm doing scores, and I mentioned that Michigan State beat Notre Dame. I think it beat him like 10 points, two touchdowns, something like that. And I gave it back to Gil Santos. And Gil says, well, you know, Steve. <laughs> or, or, he'd say, or he'd refer to me as, well, you know, Stefano. <laughs> he says, if losing to Notre Dame gets you ranked in the top 20... He said, if losing to Michigan gets you ranked in the top 20, I can imagine that losing to Michigan State ought to get you in the top 10... <laughs> We got letters. <laughs> One of the few Notre Dame fans were listening that night. It didn't go over well. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
Plenty of fun coming up tomorrow. I'm sure I'll tell another inane trip down memory lane. It's, uh, you know, you think about it. uh, He's talking about roses and things like that. And and, and then you get the course of the career. I feel like now it's like over the course of a career, you end up with so many stories of which I have just absolutely bored the heck out of you for five and a half years with on this show. Oh my goodness! Uh, well, we got live for life coming up this weekend. Uh, that'll be that's always great. Um, now tomorrow we're going to have Paul Alexander on the show at three thirty-five, so a little Pittsburgh flavor. Kyle Porter, the golf writer for CBS Sports, will be on, and then the Mystic from the East himself. Maybe the most popular guest that we have on the show. Kevo, who's been spending the past week cleaning out the basement of the old house. Oh, yeah, we got to get an update as to how much stuff of yours he threw out. There isn't much of my stuff there. I took it. I took it... I took it 40 years ago. <laughs> if there's anything of mine there. I was going to say, he's painting a different picture. <laughs> well, for, I mean, okay. Uh, like he said, what, what he found might, what, ice skates? Yeah. yeah. And I automatically asked the question, hmm, wonder if they would still fit. I I wouldn't know, because I got another pair of ice, skate, I, ice skates, and I took those and, and didn't take those. So that's that's why he has them. Well, like, there isn't much of my stuff down there. Most of the stuff down there is my parents and his. <laughs> hey, you want a little secret? Okay. He had so much stuff on the floor in his room that finally one day it got cleaned, and like we finally realized what color the rug was. <laughs> <laughs> Slice out of the show, hoarders. Hopefully, it wasn't that yeah. bad. <laughs> no, he'd admit he'd be the first to admit it. And my stuff was well, pretty much in order. And I mean, I'm not a neat nick or neat freak, but I mean, you've been here in the Sunbury Motor Studio, yeah. You know, I mean, you see how I keep it. And uh, Joe Portelli comes in and goes, "Oh, this," he said, "I like working in here." <laughs> like, <laughs> well, there's a reason you try to keep everything. You know, that way I can find stuff. I can find stuff. I, mean, I know where, you know, I know where, I can right away if I need paper, I've got paper there. I know if I got, you know, need need something for right, I got it right there. I got, so that way, I just don't feel like wasting time. And one of the ways to not waste time is to have some level and semblance of organization. Uh, <laughs> that was not Kevo's strong suit growing up. But that's okay. He's ultra successful. He's doing great. He's doing great. Proud of my brother. Very proud of him. He's done great, great stuff. 
but I don't want to hear him whining, moaning, and complaining that my junk is all over the house. Well, guess what? <laughs> my junk has been out of there for 40 years. <laughs> okay, like four zero, not four years, 40. <laughs> my stuff, like there might be like the remnants of something from way, way back when that you know, I didn't end up taking and my parents didn't, up, didn't end up throwing out. But I mean, most of the stuff is... Um, my father did a lot with family genealogy. A lot. I mean, not a little. He did a ton of research. And like, he did a ton of research pre-laptop. And so he's got a lot of paper and a long paper trail. I mean, it was a real hobby of his. Well, a lot of the stuff down there is that. And tools. Things like that. My dad had his own workbench down there, and I've got, I, I ended up t- getting a couple of them after he passed, uh, some of which I still use. But, you know, he's got that. Yeah. Most of the stuff's theirs. Hey, one pair of ice skates hanging around. Please don't make it seem like there are five rooms that I left all my stuff in storage. <laughs> no. Uh, we know the rest of the story. But no, when you're talking about you know being in the Sunbury Motor Studio, you know where everything is. I got to thinking of the Everybody Loves Raymond episode when Deborah accidentally threw out Ray's letter of for his Muhammad Ali letter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, yes. knew, he, he knew exactly where it was, but it drove her crazy where he kept it. <laughs> oh, well, no. I mean, seriously. I mean, Joe had his home office. And nobody knew where anything was in the home office that Joe had except for Joe. He knew where everything was. And that also was like, well, how can he find it? <laughs> but he did. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.